0: You're listening to Shifting Schools, episode 232. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools. Man, do we have a special episode for you. If you have not heard of the podcast Solar, which is a fiction scripted podcast, you need to probably pause right now, go download it, and then come back. And then if you'd rather listen to this conversation first, that's fine too, but we're telling you, this is a unique opportunity to talk to some very highly creative people inside the podcast industry and just the future of podcasting. Trisha, I know we were both looking forward to this one. Um, and, and let's talk about who we had on as guests today.
1: Thanks, Jeff. I'm really excited about this as well. Solar has already won so many awards. If you haven't heard about it yet, I do think it's going to be something that lots of folks are talking about um, in the future. So we have with us today Stephanie Arakelian and Jenny Curtis. So they each have played a significant and very different part in bringing Solar into our earbuds and podcast players. Stephanie is a senior podcast marketing and audience development executive at Kurt Co Media, um, and her focus is on developing marketing campaigns, promotions, and features for all podcasts in the Kurt Co Media catalog. And we'll dig into how Her work is its own form of creativity. And we'll remind you that you'll want to check out the social media uh, campaign for the show and look at the way that it was marketed to audiences. That's how I discovered it. And Jenny Curtis is a podcast producer, host, and creator with Kurt Co. Media. Shows include Solar, of course, Hollywood Unscripted, and A Moment of Your Time, as well as And When Last I Left. We will point you to their bios over there in the show notes, as well as to the IMDB page for the podcast Solar itself. Jeff, at the start of every episode, we love pointing out you know, what your shifted thought is as a result of this conversation. So what's shifted for you?
0: I think one of the things that shifted for me and, and that I'm still reflecting on um, is just how important it is to work collaboratively in a team. Uh, Every podcast, it seems that we have been having interviews on lately, it all boils down to teamwork. Nobody works alone. Nobody's working in a silo. And then within that today, we really talk about trust and how do you build trust inside of a team? And I know, Tricia, we have a free guide that helps teachers do this with, with students in their classroom.
1: That's right. Because I do think when we're talking about trust, we can't take it for granted that it just exists because we say so. So our free guide, Taking Time for Trust, really walks a team through how you can learn more about what it what trust even means as a concept to folks on your team. Uh, you can address what is it that other people would like to be talking about when you're talking about trust so that you're really collaboratively building your definition for it. So that is one of our really popular guides this year. Um, Again, you can find it at shiftingschools.com. We'll also include the link to our resource library over there in the show notes. So Jeff, in this episode, what are a few things that people should be listening out for that they have to look forward to?
0: Yeah, I think the number one thing you should be listening for as you go through this podcast is be listening for the conversation around being able to receive feedback on your ideas. I think we talked quite a long time about this idea of working in teams and being able to take feedback, feedback that that might be critical of your idea. Um, How do you not take feedback in in some cases and, and kind of think about what does that, how are you practicing that in your classroom with students? Are you preparing students for feedback? Are you helping students to accept feedback? And it's such a critical skill. And even as adults, it's still a skill that we work on is this idea around how do I accept feedback in a way that is meaningful, in a way that I can take it without overreacting in saying, well, now everybody thinks I'm stupid or uh, my people don't like me anymore because of feedback that you got. And I think there's a, a there's a great lessons in this podcast around that idea of feedback and, and how are we practicing with kids in every grade level around being able to accept feedbacks on your creative ideas. I think it's a, a critical, critical skill that we need to be teaching kids.
1: And I think part of that is also making sure that we unpack what we're talking about when we're talking about feedback and that we talk about what our feedback processes are within a class. Um, We do have a free guide entitled Reframing Feedback that's going to walk you through that where in pairs or in small groups, that conversation can be had about how is it that I like to receive feedback or advocating for what's the type of feedback that I want? Because I think the other reality is unsolicited feedback or feedback that I wasn't ready to hear or feedback that I didn't want, that's not going to be helpful, right? So um, talking about how is feedback a two-way street and how can we navigate that street together? So that that guide is reframing feedback, also available at shiftingschools.com. Um, I would say another thing to listen out for and, and be thinking about is marketing has only become increasingly creative, right? To cut through the noise on social media, to capture attention, marketers have to do things very differently. And so I really appreciated that we had both Stephanie and Jenny on the show. And it really reminded me of what an interesting exercise it is to take a piece of media, look at the way that it's marketed. Um, If you're talking about theme as a concept in your ELA class, Look at what marketing material is doing to pair with the theme of that. Um, You know, if, if your students are big into gaming, whenever a new video game is released, there's a huge campaign that's swirling around that. And I think unpacking, doing analysis of marketing materials too, when we talk about preparing students as readers, we need to be thinking about all the different ways that we read. So we do read an Instagram post, right? We do read a trailer. We do read that, um, that promotional content as well. So that's, I think, um, an interesting part of today's conversation.
0: Yeah. And I think the last one is just, we get into a conversation at the end around the future of podcasting and podcasting as a median. And uh, Stephanie kind of talks about the numbers that we're at in podcasting and podcasting has got so much growth ahead of it. And, you know, here at Shifting Schools, one of our key things that we constantly focus on is preparing students for their future, not our past. And podcasts are going to be a future. How are you having students produce Podcasts. How are you having students listen to podcasts as a way of gathering information, gathering research? Over on your podcast, Tricia, you you know you're interviewing uh, professors from Purdue that could truly be research uh, on a student paper. There, there's so many ways that that you can do this, and I think you know whether you're a, a social studies teacher or a science teacher, I don't think the con the content matters. I think what matters is having students write a script or having kids be able to think about and produce some kind of media and audio is easy. You know, all you need is a cell phone. It's not going to be at the solar. Like we're not talking about immersive, you know, in immersive audio in a seventh grade classroom, but a kid can pick up a phone and they can, you know, record a podcast on their way home and you get immersive sounds. I did that. I don't know if people, if you go back and listen on some of our earlier podcasts, I might be able to point you to one in the show notes. I had a thing for a while where I was podcasting on my walk home through China. When I lived in Shanghai, I would get off the bus and where the bus dropped us off from school to my apartment complex was about six blocks. And so I just had in earbuds with a microphone, like the Apple earbuds with a microphone on it. And I just talked about my day, talked about what was on my mind as I'm walking the streets of Shanghai. And you do, you get this immersive of people speaking Chinese in the background and the, you know, the bus honking. And I would stop and, you know, buy apples or buy meat or whatever, and have to talk a little bit of Chinese. And and all of it was part of that experience. You could have students do that in your classroom where they walk around their neighborhood and just talk into their phone and you're going to get the birds and, the you know, the buses and the car noise. And what would that do to get to know your students and just help students understand that this is another way that we can communicate. I think there's so much power there, but you know, podcasting and really what we're just talking about is audio has, has a a real future. And so be be just thinking about where, where, and how can I not every day, not all the time, but once a semester can kids produce a podcast in your classroom? What would that, what would that look like? What, what might that do? yeah, I think that's, that's something interesting. just to be thinking about.
1: um, you know, I, I did this project. We had a field trip, and we knew that we were going to take that field trip and reflect on it as a podcast episode. And so while we were there, we weren't focused on doing the episode there, but students knew they had to collect b-roll. And so every day it was, what are some of the sounds of this place that we want to remember? And I will say it was actually a really powerful exercise just in noticing. Mm. valuing and appreciating the place so i would say you could do that in your neighborhood you could do that at your school what's the soundscape like so um anyway thanks so much jeff
0: yeah i I love it um so we're excited to bring this to you and before we get there a word from today's show sponsors this episode sponsored by flexispot.com the maker of ergonomic furniture Check out their latest furniture and save $20 on their new E7 Pro Plus standing desk with height adjustability from 22 inches to 52 inches when you use the offer code Shifting20 at checkout. If you'd like to check out another podcast we like, try the Journalism Salute. Each week, Mark Simon interviews journalists about who they are and what they do with the intent of showing that media is not the enemy. Listeners of this podcast might like episodes 87 and 88, in which Mark talks to a couple of high school student journalists of the year winners and episode 91, featuring the founder of the student journalism program, Headliners in Education with John Viddy That's the journalism salute wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're excited to bring you Stephanie and Jenny, two of the key figures behind the very popular award-winning podcast, Solar as they talk about leadership, communication, collaboration, and bringing this thing to life. Uh, Please go in the show notes, download the podcast. Uh, We talk about different ways you can bring it into your classroom. This is a great one, you're gonna love it. And with that, on with the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools. This is a special episode, Tricia. I'm so excited. We've got Stephanie and Jenny here, and I'm already starstruck, and I don't even know where to begin. So, Tricia, you've got to take it away.
1: I'll take it away. Um, They are here to discuss their incredible, successful podcast, Solar. It's a number one fiction podcast. It's scripted, star-studded sci-fi podcast that's received just so many rave reviews. I feel like every time I turn around, you're winning another award, <laughs> and rightfully so. Listeners, it's an incredible show with holidays coming up. If you have uh, a long drive or you've got a flight, download the episodes. It's it's just incredible. And Jenny and Stephanie, you both have really different roles that you have played in making solar a reality on this show, all the time, listeners are familiar with us talking about just how important it is that we explicitly teach collaboration in K 12 education. So, we're hoping that each of you might talk a little bit about the role that collaboration played in making solar possible.
2: Absolutely. Stephanie, do yeah.
1: Jump. Yeah, you go first. I'll jump in after.
2: Cool. So, um, uh, in any Let me let me try to say this correctly, but in any creative endeavor, you know, filmmaking, podcasting, dance, theater, whatever it is, it can't be done without collaboration. You know, unless you're doing a one man show that you're writing, producing, directing yourself, uh, there's nothing to make unless you have a team. And so the the concept of solar came about with a, a partner of mine. His name is Chris Porter. He wrote the thing. Um, co-directed it with me, co-produced, composed. We have a very small team. But um, so Chris and I brought on CJ, our sound designer. And so uh, CJ kind of built the sound of the world. And uh, we were, you know, while we we're creating, we're bringing in our Kirkco team to give notes on the project and, and tell us their thoughts on what's going on. And then Stephanie, as I'm sure she's about to tell you, is our marketing and outreach and making sure people know about it. And so without every single step of the way, having a team of people working together to make sure your vision is on point, you uh, are are not doing anything by yourself so that you're absolutely losing your mind. You Mm. are uh, getting the tools you need to uh, clearly express your vision, your story, your whatever, nothing can be done alone. So collaboration is the key to making anything. And um, I'm going to stop there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I just, you know, want to echo all of that. And from, the, the promotion and marketing side, you know, I, but as Solar is, let me try that again, for Solar as a whole, I think, like Jenny said, you know, we have a small but mighty team. And so really focusing on what everyone's strengths are and leaning into that. Um, and then if there's something that is in your wheelhouse that you need help on or something that is not your strength that you're supposed to be in charge of, bringing in someone to help with that and really trusting that process and working as a team is so important to everything that we're doing. Solar, we had really, really big goals and dreams for, and being a small team, we had to collaborate with each other and say, okay, what is your dream? What is your vision for this? Here's my vision for this. How can we bring that together? How can we come together from the creative, from the, the corporate, how do we you know, come together in our visions and make it, what everyone knows it can be. Um, And so relying on everyone's strengths and lifting each other up in that is a huge process um, and so important in the process of creating something like this.
0: So one of the things I'm interested, because you're both touching on this, is, I mean, you're a small but mighty team, which I think is fantastic. And, you know, depending on the team size, but both of you in your leadership roles, when you're in those teams, is there a structure to your meetings do you have, like, is there a, a a very, you know, do we spend 10 minutes doing this? Are there protocols that you might use? Is it a, everybody gets a chance to talk? How do you make sure everybody's voice is involved in the conversation? Do you have a structure that you follow time and time again that the team knows, hey, we're going into a team meeting. We we know here's the structure that's going to follow. Jenny's going to start it off. Stephanie's going to give it up. Like, do, you, do you do that or is it more just a hey, we're just going to all get together and we end up just talking and nothing ever gets done. Because I find a lot of times in teams that if there isn't structure, that's what happens. But that's that's me. Stephanie, do you want to start on that one?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have throughout the week different meetings that are, are broken out for the company. So we have, you know, our Kurt Co team meetings as a whole, we have a marketing meeting that's really focused on um, promotion and outreach and making sure that everyone's time is being spent effectively. And then we have our solar team meetings and, It's led by priority. So it's not just, you know, we come in and I say, okay, I'm leading the first 10 minutes. Jenny's taking the second 10 minutes, but we come to it as a whole. What is our top priority? And we Mm -hmm. all dive into that. You know, what is the timeline? What are we all focusing on? Um, And that's how we approach almost everything in Kurtco is, you know, priorities and outlining things so that we can be the most um, strategic and effective with our time.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: I mean, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say in this instant of, of yes, that's exactly how our company meetings are run. And, uh, I think to, to build on that of, it depends on the type of meeting, especially in a creative mm. endeavor, the meetings are going to be different. So as like, when I have my director hat on my meetings with the actors, aren't meetings They're you know, the conversation is, here's what we're trying to talk about today. Here's what we're rehearsing. Here's how this, Here's how we hope this day goes in the time we've allotted for each other. And uh, sometimes we stick to it. Sometimes we don't. I will say that uh, with solar in particular, the feeling out how we all communicate with each other in our different mediums and in our different Mm. roles was a big learning curve. So yes, I think we did have some meetings that went a little haywire because we were all talking and nobody really had any structure. And then along the way, we figured out how best to structure these conversations and make sure everybody was heard and everybody was communicated to properly. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: I love that. And I think (laughs) that's that's a great lead into uh, my next question, which is, you know, you both represent leadership from different angles when it comes to producing solar and what are some of those leadership lessons that you've taken away from this experience uh and jenny we'll, we'll start with you because you're kind of just i think you were touching on that as that was one lesson you learned of like how do we th- oh we've got to have some structure here otherwise we're all a bunch of energetic people that want to get this done there's got to be some way to focus this what are some other leadership lessons you've kind of learned by by producing this
2: I think everything stems from that. And to go back to how we were talking about communication, all, like all of the main leadership lessons come down to exactly how you communicate, because, um, especially in a, a project like this, where everybody is going to have a different idea because nobody is ever going to visualize a story the same. Everybody has their idea of it. And then they're maybe possibly disappointed at what happens because it's not what they pictured in their head or, mm. or whatever. So, um, the lessons I really learned as a leader are to make sure that I'm communicating effectively, but also I'm I'm listening and taking in what I'm being told, even if I don't agree with it, even if it's by a person who I don't believe uh, necessarily uh, knows. How do I say this gently, Stephanie? We, we got a lot of <laughs> feedback from people who weren't necessarily our core team. And, right. uh, at first I was really, um, opposed to some of that feedback and I, I, you know, they're not a part of the project. I don't want to listen to them. And so for me as a leader, it really became, uh, a lesson to, to take in what was being given and, you know, you don't have to take everything, but you can hear it and you can see how mm. that affects you and how you can grow with what, what feedback you're getting from, all levels of people you're talking to, whether they're uh, nice about it or
0: not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Very that. Well, Stephanie, fine. anything to add?
3: Um, That was a great answer because I definitely, first instinct was communication and learning how to communicate effectively and between the, the creative and the non-creative side. And I there were a lot of times where I would check in with Jenny and Chris and be like, I just explained this, but I need to know that you understood that because it makes sense to me. But I—that's totally fine if it doesn't make sense to you. Um, but just let me know. And so there's a lot of checking in, but I think that leads to like what I think I learned the most was trust in trusting within your team and letting go of things that feel very precious to you. You know, you could be working on something. And you're super proud of it and you're spending a lot of time on it and it's your thing, but trusting that you give it to a team member or your team member is going to contribute part of it and trusting to the process, trusting that person, trusting their instincts and trusting that you can let go of it and not be so precious about it. And and that will give way to this communication process or, you know, to create something new together. You don't know what's there if you're holding on so tightly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we all did that in in some capacity because we are all so proud of what we were working on. So to then like lob the ball to someone else, trust that they're going to keep it in the air. Yeah.
2: I, oh, I love that. I want to tack on to that of part of the trust uh, is we're all also very independent people who do everything ourselves. So we all came to the point where we had to learn to ask for help. Because it was mm. a big project and a small team, and we all kind of had to be like, "Okay, it is. It's part of the trust, but it is like it's okay for me to say I really need your help in this moment because we're tackling a mountain." Absolutely, yeah.
3: that was a huge <laughs> yeah. part of it. Is yeah, and that's the trust of asking for help and knowing that they will be there to help you.
0: Yeah, and Trisha, I mean Trisha, you were a ELA teacher uh, in in your past life uh, before you became the podcasting rock star you are today. Uh, what, if, what is with what they just said resonating with you in the way that teachers need to be thinking about structuring group work in the classroom? What are you hearing here, Tricia?
1: Well, I think that point about processing feedback, knowing you know what feedback is worth my time, and understanding that there are pieces of feedback that okay, that might not be helpful or I'm not at that point to be able to digest that. But we talk a lot with teachers about helping students self-advocate for the kind of feedback they need. So am I at a point in my creative work where actually, please, can you just point out something nice? I need a little support. I need a little boost. That's the kind of feedback in this moment, in the week that I need. Um, or can you point me to a resource? Can you give me another mentor text that might inspire me? Can you give me a series of questions to just think about and walk away with. But I I think, you know, Jenny, to your point, it is not easy to hear feedback about our creative work. It's not easy to be, you know, and and Stephanie, I include you on that too. It's, I know for industry purposes, you're not referring to the marketing as creative, but listeners, please go and look at the social media campaign. It is highly engaging. um, And I think, again, marketing, there's such a high standard, right? It has to cut through and it has to capture people's attention. So I think even there's a great ELA lesson in that. What is the promotion of the show doing to, ooh, I want to stop scrolling. I want to learn more about this show. What does the show do in the pilot episode in the first 90 seconds to immediately Ooh, I'm going to cancel what I was doing for the next 30 minutes and just sit and be with this episode. Um, you know, we talk about writing hooks, and I think fiction podcasts are a great example where we can listen to this collectively in the same space or apart, which is really cool. So there's a, there's a lot there. Um, but I really do think we can't just expect that students understand how to digest feedback because... I don't think it comes easily. And actually, I really appreciate you saying, even as an adult, that it's not like I can separate my emotions for this or, um, you know, I, I can just do it because I am old enough to to know how it's it's not um, it's not that simple.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, I think mm-hmm. that is something that we need to constantly be thinking about and working on. And even as adults, I mean, you both said this, we still work on it. You know, there's times when I get feedback where I'm just like, "Ooh, wow, that hurt. And then you have to decide, like, how much do I want that to hurt? And I think a lot of times, Mm -hmm. especially in creative endeavors like this, trying to help students, but even like myself, separating when people attack the idea, they're not attacking me. How do I separate my idea of what I want the show to be? How do I separate the idea of where I want to take the company and understand that when people are giving me feedback, they're not giving they're not dinging me personally. They respect me as. leader as a colleague as a as a team member but it's about the idea and i think you both talked about sometimes you have to let go that and i think stephanie said like your idea is your idea and you want it you think everybody should just see it your way hey everybody this is my idea and (laughs) this is the way i see it why can't you see it the way that i see it and you have to be able to let go and trust that other people are going to take your idea make it better change it and and you have to i mean that's feedback in itself and being able to just throw like you said throw the ball in the air and everybody keeps it going right Uh, I think that's a, that's a huge piece of it for sure. Yeah. Hey folks. I wanted to take a moment out of today's episode to talk about our sponsor flexispot.com and their E seven standing desk. I've had a chance to review the desk now for a couple of weeks, and I'm telling you, I have no problem recommending this for both your home office or for flexible seating in the classroom. I first want to talk about its stability. The E7 standing desk has dual motors, which allows it to move smoothly and steadily so your computer or other items sitting on the desk stay safe. The desk's frame is made from solid built carbon steel, making it rock solid, wobble free, and it holds up to 355 pounds. Perfect for a classroom where you might have a group of students around the desk. The E7 has a large height range, it can adjust from 22.8 inches to 48.4 inches, so students can choose to sit or stand, and the desk can be adjusted to the height that is comfortable to everyone in the group. As someone who has used a standing desk for over 10 years now, I know that not every task is best for standing. I stand when I record the podcast or I'm doing creative work, but when I'm writing emails and blog posts, I find that sitting is better for my brain. That is why when it comes to flexible seating in your classroom or home office, having a desk with a wide range of heights is having flexible seating while making your seating flexible at the same time. Another great benefit to the E7 standing desk is it comes in a variety of lengths. The retractable frame allows you to adjust the desk width from 43 inches out to 74.8 inches or just over six feet. So you can have a desk that is over six feet long that adjust in height to fit the needs of the space in your classroom and the needs of your students and colleagues. There are so many ways to use the E7 standing desk in the classroom. Whether you use it as a group workstation, a place for students to stand instead of sit, or for small group discussions with the teacher, the E7 standing desk and its 15-year warranty would be an incredible asset to your classroom. For a limited time, save $20 off the purchase price when you use the offer code SHIFTING20 at checkout. You can find the link and that offer code SHIFTING20 in the show notes of today's episode. Thanks for listening, and now back to our conversation.
2: I'm going to add something that's going to be completely antithetical to what we just said. Um, (laughs) Do it. No, it's helpful. Do it. But I think the flip side of that, because that is so important, the flip side of that, which was also something we learned, and you, you kind of touched on it, Tricia, is self-advocating. Um, not being swayed when you deeply, truly know mm-hmm. in your heart what is right, um, because there will be strong opinions telling you you're wrong. And there, there was a lot of that in Solar, too, of like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And, you know, we knew... Uh we knew what we wanted and what we were going for. And there was a lot we went to bat for that in the end was the right move, but it was right. it was a real process mm-hmm. getting there. So I think it's also a balance between being humble, taking feedback, but also knowing when to stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Like that. As, you know, somebody yeah. once
1: told me um feedback is a gift, but you don't have to unwrap it. You can regift it <laughs> if uh if it's not necessarily a gift that you need. So um I, I try to think I about love that, that often. Yeah. I love that. Re-gift it. But yeah,
3: I think, um, you know, Jenny and I talk about this a lot, you know, as we were in the process about, is this a battle that we want to have? You know, where are, where are we going to dig our, our heels in that's really important to us? Um, because we can make everything really important to us. And I think that's also part of being a team. You know, you just choose, like, where what are the stakes? You know, where can we give and take because you are working with a lot of people and a lot of opinions. So where, where are we willing to give and where are we willing, do we want to stand our ground on this and say, this is really important and here's why. Um, And that's a learning process too, because everything, you know, at the beginning when you're creating something of like, no, like everything is important and, and, and it is, but this is the most important but everything yeah. can't be the most important. So picking and choosing and then, but yeah, being self-advocating. I, I love that. That's a great way to describe it. I love that.
2: Well, and I Steph- don't know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and Stephanie just mentioned also that here's why this is, why and why this is important. Um, that's a really, 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 really vital part of that mm. equation of you can't just want something really bad and know it's right. Be able to back it up. Say, this is mm. my exact reasoning and I this is why I'm fighting for this. Uh, I love that. Yeah,
1: that's great. You know, there's an activity that I've done that's sort of inspired. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the show Song Exploder. It was a podcast and then converted into a Netflix series where there's sort of this interview, just one artist, one of their songs, and really dig back into how it was created. Um, And Michael Stipe from REM discusses the show Losing My Religion or the song Losing My Religion and how Nobody wanted that song to really be on the album. They disagreed with (laughs) um, the mandolin instrument is in it. And everybody was saying nobody wants that in a rock (laughs) song. And how, of course, it's like their most recognizable hit, right? Right, yeah. Um, So I think that's a really interesting experiment to do with students. Like, go look at a, a piece of art. It might be a podcast episode. It might be a painting, a poem. And defend what is a really obvious creative choice. so thank mm-hmm. you for that example and I think solar is a, a really great one perhaps for for teachers to dig into that with because it's it's such an expansive show um, yeah. and I you know I, I think there will be students who listen to that and they will eventually be standing on your shoulders in creating a future fiction podcast, whatever that world looks like in another decade and our audience is always interested in in hearing from folks like you in terms of what they can do to, prepare that next generation of creators. So as scripted podcasts, I think are becoming just more and more popular and better and better. What do you think folks, young learners who are maybe thinking that's what I would love to do in the future, what do they need to know about that industry or what might be an essential mindset that you're thinking, this is something I had to foster and develop in order to do the work that I'm doing? Whew, it's a big question. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: I first want to point out the fact that you said people will be standing on our shoulders is going to make me cry. Uh, Mm -hmm. that that's such a moving image. I think that's even something we reference in the show of the astronauts, but, um, the thing that really inspires me about creative work is, is the building upon what, what moves people, what, what, uh, connects with people. And I think fostering from a young age, for for young creators who are starting to look into pathways like this, it's um, a real awareness of of what connects to them. So be really, really aware of what moves you, what inspires you, what excites you, um, and study it study the the ways you can capture that emotion and the ways uh you can you know ebb and flow between that emotion and another and i think for um for something like solar in particular you know we had a real vision for something that was high quality um so we knew that going in and we wanted something that was well told, obviously, as, as the best stories are and well acted and well designed. Um, so again, like quality, 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 and that was something we really had to work on. We had to learn about the resources we had at our fingertips in order to have the best product possible. We had to look through, if you listen all the way through solar, you know, Chris, our, our writer, uh, there's so many references of the things that inspired him. Like it's a real love letter to poetry and writing and storytelling. And, you know, our lead character, Jamal is always facing what moves him. And I think the beauty in that is really like Chris poured himself onto the pages. So being really, really aware of yourself is vital to being an artist and a creator and a writer. Um, and that is step one.
0: <laughs> I love that. That
2: was beautiful. Stephanie. Um, I'm going to come at it from a completely different side
3: from, you know, the podcast industry side. Of I am so excited to see what the next generation does with this industry because we are at this precipice right now as I see it. These are just my personal views on the industry yeah. where, yes, podcasts have been growing, but we're not at a point where it's it's super mainstream right now, you know, it's people are still discovering it and learning it. And from the uh, creation side on the industry, or in the industry, there's, we still say it's like the wild, wild west, we're all still figuring it out, especially if you're going into fiction podcasts, there are still only 1% of all podcasts, and there are 4.4 million podcasts right now. So it's still a small percentage. Um, And there's so much room for growth and for potential. So what I would say is. Look at what is happening now and try to find ways to to break it. You know what is standard about the industry and how can we break that? Um, I think that's how the best creators dive into industries. You know the best hackers are given um, firewalls and say break it. You know where are our weaknesses and I think the same thing with this industry. What are we doing wrong from an outside perspective? You're not in it yet. Where can we grow? Where are more opportunities? And there's so many ways to grow within this industry. It's not just building an RSS feed. It's ways to uh, engage with your audience. You guys have such a a unique audience, and I think that's amazing. And there's room for that in podcasting, and there's room for everyone. It's a very inclusive medium. And I think we need to continue growing on that, coming out of just traditional broadcasting and radio, which is where it stemmed from and, and built itself upon But we can make it so much more. It's a very intimate medium. So how can we keep developing conversations with people and interacting and growing that connection? Um, And I really am excited to see how the next generation sees this and can build upon it.
0: And I agree with you. I think I mean, we were right before you guys came on. Trisha's like, did you know they're on IMDb? I didn't know podcasts could be on IMDb. <laughs> are you the first, to your point of this is a growing, like you're on IMDb, like a podcast. Like we don't think of that industry right. being at that level. Yet it is like we are, it is, it's incredible what is going on uh, in the industry. Are you one of the first podcasts to be on IMDb? You've got to be one of uh
2: have no oh, idea. That's a, that's a very it good well, question. And just to circle back to like, I come from a background of production. So it's funny because to me that, that was never a question. Like that's just right. part of the, that's part of so it. it of, of all the it's creative, part of producing
0: <laughs> creative content. Yeah.
2: yeah. It,
1: um, I do. I want to know now, email. how do
0: we get our podcast on BD? That's what I want. Now. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, we can teach we, you how we have yeah. to get Alan Cummings and Helen Hunt to come on our show. Um,
0: but it's just incredible. I think you're right. I think podcasting is, uh, it, there's so much that we can do with podcasting. And I think, you know, even just to the, just at the, at the end of earbuds, I mean, the, the audio in this thing, you got to go. Everybody just needs to go listen to, even if you just listen to the pilot uh, and you're not into, you know, sci-fi, just go listen to the pilot and listen to it in really good audio. So I'll tell you my story is Trisha sends me the link. She's like, you've got to hear this podcast. And so I put it on in the background and I'm trying to write an email. I made it four words into the email and I was like, I can't listen to this on my crappy little laptop speakers. I've got to (laughs) go hook it up to the entertainment system because this thing, like you could just tell, like I wasn't getting the full effect of it. Um, and I think part of that is is technology has allowed that to happen. Whether you have a nice pair of Bose headphones or a great car stereo system, if you're you know riding in your car or you've got a good, I mean, there's technology that's allowing audio to be more than just a TV show with Adobe seven point one. You know, I mean, yeah, and I think that's a that's a big part of what podcasting is really starting to. And your shows. Uh, particularly is really starting to take advantage of, of like, we know we've got good audio receivers. How do we get that experience? Uh, how do we get that experience to the listener in the best way possible? And I, I do agree with you. I think we're on the beginning of just something incredible here. Uh, that's about ready to break you loose and, and congratulations for being on the forefront of it again with uh, solar. I mean, <laughs> thank, it, it's just, <laughs> incredible. we can't stop talking about it. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and again, educators. So go, nice. Go, go listen to it. Uh, and if you have kids, if you're a middle school, high school teacher and you have kids that, you know, are into sci-fi, uh, what a great, what a great listen. And I, I'll even put myself out there. Uh, most of our listeners already know this. I'm dyslexic. So for me to be able to listen to something like solar and not have to go pick up the book is just like speaks to my heart in a different way. Right? Like we we talk about all the time in education of meeting kids where they're at. And if you have kids who are interested in sci-fi and have a hard time reading, go listen to a podcast, go listen to a really good podcast Mm -hmm. and kids can still be reading their sci-fi books and still be interested in stuff. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, sorry. I, I tend to go on rants when it comes to stuff like this because it's so good. and We just got to get it out there. So anyway, Um, I don't want to I don't want to keep you guys here much longer, but I do need to know if people want to find out more about you particularly or if a teacher or a student wants to reach out to you and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. Can you give me some tips on this? Or I really appreciate that. Where can they go? Jenny, we'll start with you. What's the best way for somebody to reach out to you if they want to contact you?
2: Um, I hate to admit this, but I am just a sucker for Instagram, so I, okay. <laughs> I'm i on it all the time. You can find me at the Jenny Curtis, uh, also Twitter. Um, we have, I mean, Stephanie will, will speak more to our website, but I know we have contact forms on our website. We, we try to be as accessible as we possibly can because we do want to, like you said, like talk to people and foster, people who are interested in pursuing stuff like this. So do reach out. We we would love to we would love to chat. Um, but yeah, Gosh. check check out our Kurtco.com website or solarthepodcast.com website or at the Jenny Curtis on some of the social medias. You'll see me or you won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, how about you?
3: Um, yeah, I'm trying to really get back into Twitter. So find me on Twitter, um, at Steph Kellyan, Um And that's where I'm really trying to interact and sharing, like Jenny said, This industry, there's so much to learn. And so what we've learned, I love sharing that out. When we started this network, there was not a lot of information being shared. And I believe in opening that and not gatekeeping and sharing anything that we learned for whatever industry it is and however it can be applicable. So yes, please reach out. We would love to talk and share.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, and our listeners probably know this already, but Trisha has a podcast. Trisha, do you want to talk uh, uh, and kind of plug your own podcast for those that uh, might not know it's out there yet?
1: Oh, thank you, Jeff. Well, you know, actually I was thinking because I, I had an episode, it's the Be a Better Ally podcast. It came out today. Um, I was talking with a, a associate professor, Dr. Sam Blackman, who all of her research is in representation in video games. And she does this really cool thing of She partners a video game with a book and they sort of, they have this club, but it looks at both. And I was even thinking with Solar, it could be a really great project if you're a librarian, like sort of build this thing out. If you loved Solar the podcast, what's your next read or what's your Mm. next film? What might be even an album to check out? But again, thinking about when our students show a passion for different texts, um, seeing that as an avenue to explore others, so that's the be a better ally show. Thanks so much, Jeff, for for pointing that out. Uh, Jeff, folks want to connect with you. They want to hear more about your your rant that they that you started and stopped. If they'd like more of that, how should they connect with you?
0: Well, there's plenty of rants on the internet, that's for sure. But uh you can find me uh at JU Tech, uh everywhere. That's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, no dancing, uh, and uh every every other social network. So thanks, Tricia. I appreciate that. Jenny, Stephanie, thank you both so much uh for giving your time, your energy, for producing such an incredible uh piece of creative work. Uh we really appreciate it and and coming on our little podcast to be able to talk to educators about your creative experience, about leadership, about what does it take uh to, to actually build something like this, I think is incredibly valuable to folks in education to see what are we working for? What are we trying to, you know, one of the, our, our tagline is prepare students for their future, not our past. And I think you both have talked about this is, there's future here. There's future in, in being collaborative and learning how to work in a team and producing high quality creative works. And those are the skills that we need to be working on in our classroom. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thank expertise. you,
2: guys. I love all of that. Us. I love all of what thanks. you said. It felt like a masterclass for me to sit and listen to you guys talk. So thanks for having yes. us. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And <laughs> taking what we learned and on a greater scale and being able to share that out, having this uh, avenue available to us. So we're, we're really appreciative. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks. Until next time, we'll see you on the network.